Welcome to The Unseen Journey, a podcast dedicated to supporting veterans and their families as they navigate life after the military. We feature mental health experts, stories of resilience against invisible wounds and injuries, as well as practical tools for reacclimation. The Unseen Journey, brought to you by Operation Red Wings Foundation. And hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Unseen Journey. I'm your host, Guy, with my co-host, Ashley. How are we doing today, Ashley? It's another glorious day. Another glorious day in the neighborhood. I love it. I love yes. it. I love it. Well, if you haven't done so already, you're joining us for the first time, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button that's somewhere. And uh, join us uh, weekly for our talks, I think, down there. <laughs> join us yeah. weekly for our talk. <laughs> so with that being said, Ashley, who you got today with us? I'm really excited about today's because we have, I think she's a, a triple threat. Uh, oh, we ha- she's a team leader. Uh, so she's a veteran herself. She's one of our team leaders. And she's also a lawyer that works with veterans. Um, so she's a Gulf War veteran that is a lawyer for veterans and survivors. She's a team leader. She's a community servant. And I had to look this up, Didi. A GSD okay. mom. Do you know what a GSD mom is, Guy? A GSD. Um... I'm going to give you a hint. It's an animal. Oh, I was going to say great soccer driver. Uh, (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) German shepherd dog. German shepherd dog, right, Dee? That's right. I am a German shepherd doggy mommy. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Awesome. What is your your German shepherd's name? Her name is Freya. She's named after a Nordic. Yeah, Yeah, her name's she's a Nordic goddess, a Nordic goddess. She is really a beautiful animal who's saved my life. And uh, and yeah. And so, yeah, I don't even know what to say about her. She's got quite a story all on her own. If she could talk, she she'd make an entire episode. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. My uh, my dog doesn't have quite as cool of a name. Uh, My German Shepherd is named Finn, F-I-N-N. After oh, the Star I love Wars that! Yeah, after the Star Wars character, FN2187, which I decided was too hard for everyone to say. And if you've seen Star Wars Episode 7, they go ahead and call him Finn anyway. So that's my dog's right. story. <laughs> that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Yeah. They're yeah. great dogs. They're, I love him. I love him. He's yeah. so, uh, and they're so intelligent. And he's so, he's like always ready. He's like, yeah, let's train again. Let's train again. And I'm always like, Really? We just like that walk we just did, and I don't yes. know, man. But uh, but I love him. I take him everywhere. They don't with stop. Me. <clears throat> they no, keep going. They don't. Yeah, they do. They do. Uh, fun fact: my other dog is an American Bulldog, uh, oh. Neapolitan Mastiff, but she's she's not big. She's like eighty-five pounds. Her name is Rose. Um, are you are you a Star Wars fan at all, uh, Didi? I am. Okay. Yes. So, so we got a room full of Star Wars, Wars fans then. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Luke, I am your father. No. Story, <laughs> Sorry. Yes. In this series, for all, all of our guests listening, um, so Rose, in, in episodes seven, eight, and nine, she's the character that always calls Finn out on his, uh, i got to think of the politically correct way to say it, his shenanigans. Oh, okay. So there I you have, go. I have Rose, my female dog, and Finn, my German shepherd. And Finn's always like, can we chew this? Can we chew this? And, and Rose is always like, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. I can see that in my head. I really yeah. can. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love uh, it. 
Wow. Yeah, okay. So, so, so not right, go, go, only go. is she a German Shepherd mom, a, a veteran herself. We'll forgive her guy for joining the Navy, but you know, not everyone. <laughs> hey, can hey, go in hey! The Army. Actually, everyone can right. go in the Army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we love you, Didi. We love you, Didi. Even Why, thank you. you. Know, we love our sailors. We do. But she also, and we're going to learn about this, but she helps warriors relax, refuel, refocus, and rock wellness Ooh. by remembering Absolutely. to recognize natural resiliency. And we're going to get into what all that means. And But before we get started, I want to ask you an icebreaker, Didi. Yes. So oh. would you please share a recent personal achievement or milestone that you're proud of. Okay. I know this is going to sound like it's totally canned, but one of the biggest personal achievements was joining Operation Red Wings Foundation. Uh, nice. It was a huge, it was a huge, huge uh, pivot point for me. I've always been more inclined to work with uh, male combat veterans and male special intelligence veterans and stayed away from females completely uh, mm. for a lot of reasons. Uh, it triggered me and my own experience in the military from when I was in the Persian Gulf and military sexual trauma. So there were so many reasons that I stayed away from my sisters. And uh, it was a it was an absolute um, turning point for me whenever I ended up at Operation Red Wings as a participant. And I thought, man, look at all this that I've been missing from my sisters. And how do I sign up? How do I do more? How do I give back more? And um, that is the that is where they they embraced me. And so yeah, yeah. So now I get now I get to do a lot more uh, help for 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 my sisters. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. 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 That's really cool. Uh, I, you know, I, I think actually would echo and I'll echo it too. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Like we at first kind of like, we're like, ah, I don't really know if I still want to be around military, right? Like I did the military thing. I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have my combat experiences. Like I've, I've done all this stuff, right? I want to go experience new and different things. And then when we gravitate back to a setting with other veterans, all of a sudden, it, like we've known them for five minutes and yet it's like, I've known you my whole life, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. Super cool. You know, well, Didi, a- uh, oh, sorry. Actually, go ahead. Well, I, I know. I, I feel like I want to unpack so much here with that. Go. But yeah, yeah, go, go, the go. thing I can totally relate uh, to the, the sisterhood thing because and I talk about this a lot in programs that I help with for women veterans and that there is a, there we're lacking a sisterhood. Everyone talks yes. about the brotherhood, the brotherhood. And, you know, we're with our people, but you know, girls can sometimes be difficult. We can be. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but then, so there, I did this focus group one time where we were talking about, you know, why is there no sisterhood? And there's this concept that, came out of this focus group that as females we always had to and I'm really generalizing and I don't I'm not the biggest fan of that but we always had to kind of be one of the guys to prove ourselves so we didn't really have a chance to like embrace our uniqueness I I hope that females now currently are getting that experience and just from what I'm seeing on social media I do think it's improving but I it's tough 
you know, and you, but you get it as a veteran and I agree. I am getting it a lot as a veteran when I am, once you break that threshold and get into the veteran space and are with other veterans and female veterans specifically too, you know, when we're together, it's, it can be very magical. It is. And I, I think age has a lot to do with that. And I'm sorry to cut you off guy, but I think that, I think that age has a lot to do with it because, uh, what, what we had when, at least when I was in the military, my experience was I was an 18, 19 year old alpha female, right? Uh, at the prime of my life, uh, and get out of my way. Right. Yeah. And, and so we, um, and then I was surrounded by a whole bunch just like me. Right. And so uh, the bonding there was like putting, uh, you know, packs of of canines or or big cats together. You know, the, the females compete. <laughs> right. Um, and that's what we did. And so now that I'm older and wiser, um, I, I can pause and breathe and go, man, she went through exactly what I went through and get over here and get a hug. You know, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so the perspective I want to add in here. Um, so my, <laughs> my spouse, Kelly never, uh, served in the military. Oh, she was with me the pretty much the entire time I was in the military. Um, we, we got married as I was transitioning, uh, from enlisted to the officer side. Right. So I think, you know, if I kind of speak from her perspective, her behalf a little bit, right. There's, there was also this like, um, almost sense of like, of like duty, mom duty, I'm going to call it. Whereas like you had to constantly be in this selfless mode. Right. And the military stacked on top of that, right. Selfless service. They always told yes. us like, Hey, take, take care of your troops, take care of your troops, take care of your troops, mm -hmm. leaders, like all those things. What's interesting. One of the things I find, cause uh, I team lead for ORW foundation couples retreats, is talking kind of through the, the metamorphosis of the word selfish, right? So we take the word selfish and, and we always kind of learn that it was a bad thing in the military, right? And then you, you kind of start to spin it down into to uh, self-care, right? Mm, so then that's yes. when we can do work on ourselves and we can recharge ourselves, <laughs> right? Because even moms need to pull back. Even moms need to, to take time. Then after we've, we've gone from thinking of it as selfish, we've gone to thinking of it as self-care, last but not least, now we can go back and be selfless to others. And then we can really like dive in. And like you said, yeah. at the retreats, show up for your fellow sisters, right? Uh, for Kelly and I, showing up for those other, other couples. And I think, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot there from the military that does that to us and it really builds that mindset. I also think there's a lot crashing in from society because, you know, your females, your full-time uh, soldiers, airmen, seamen, Marines, and then somewhere in there, more than likely, not all, you're, you're a mom, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard. <sighs> And then, then with when and also with military sexual trauma, what I've I've done, and I don't have like this is not like in data format or anything like that. It's just something I've done over the years. Is that as I've talked with different females and different um, persons in in the way of veterans law, I've slipped in the question to some of my older sister vets. You know, um, when you saw certain things happening, why'd you turn your head? Um, yeah. 
and things like that. And um, and we've had these candid conversations on Daytona Beach, as a matter of fact, a couple of us sitting there. Um, and it wasn't about blame. The, the conversation wasn't about blame. The conversation was what was the reality of your situation that you had rank, but you didn't step in. And the reality of the situation is normally I've already had already seen what it did to other people and I mm -hmm. was a single mom or Ooh. I couldn't afford to do those things. I couldn't lose it. Yeah. So I had to keep my mouth shut. So all of those things, you know, when you take that into perspective, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot. And there's so many reasons why right. uh, retreats like, Operation Red Wings, retreats like the the individual as well as the couples and all that, you know, it's good to be able to hear those things because I know that when I heard that, I was really mad at some of my elder sisters about some of the things that, that I saw. And, um, mm. and when I found out their reasonings, um, found out their perspective and their part of the life of why they did what they did or why they didn't do what they did didn't do um it made a big difference right because i could understand that then um when you're in the midst of trauma you don't necessarily understand that no i, I think yeah. a, i think a lot of people don't realize that that's such an unseen element right there of the military that you so much of it is peer related that yeah. if you align yourself with something that's not in line with the flow then now you're a target and 100. It's, oh my gosh, it's very, man, but it's, it's okay. I'd love to pick your brain about, about that just because what they would a person, what would yeah. a person do if like they, they know that they should say something and to feel that guilt afterwards and how that impacts us. And I think that's such a big thing. So yeah. how, can you tell us about your background and what led you to focus on, you know, the legal services and how you got into all that? And well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things was that I had I had gone to school and gotten my degree to become a medical scientist, and so I practiced as a microbiologist for several years, <laughs> and uh, I had a I had an olfactory trigger uh, with something that was happening in a lab next to me. And that was going to count me out because it was a chemical used by OSHA. So they weren't going to get rid of it for me. Um, wow. And I ended up with what's called a failed uh, voc rehab for Chapter 31 under the VA. Uh, so when we were looking at what, what can I do, what, what could I do, and uh, taking into account all of my own um, disabilities, et cetera, um, we ended up saying, well, let's give law a shot, right? And uh, maybe I could write intellectual property law uh, and end up helping some of my friends who became scientists uh, in the medical field. And just so happens that year that uh, the VA opened up practice to lawyers at all um, at the regional office level was the year I graduated law school. So... Right. It was kind of, in my opinion, God-given. I couldn't see any other reason why he gave me the medical education that he gave me and then gave me, followed it up with accidentally with law um, if I wasn't supposed to give back. And so that's exactly Ooh, what I decided to do. That yeah. is so powerful. 
Yeah. So it's a it's a God given journey uh, for me. Um, a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, you know, you're nuts. You could be a millionaire. Uh, why aren't you charging for your work? Um, don't you know your worth? They, they give me all of these opinions. But um, my my opinion is God gave me God gave me these gifts. And and I don't think I'm supposed to be charging a bunch of money for it. I mean, I can raise money for good people that are going to do great things. But to charge it and then, you know, drive away in, in, in my Rolls Royce is, is not an option for me, right? It's not, a, it's not okay. I don't, I don't accept that. Um, my brothers and sisters out there, they're struggling. Um, they can't really understand the forms. Um, some of them can't even get online. So I try to help as many people as I can um, get there. And what I'd like to do eventually is empower and educate an army of of veteran service agents and veteran service officers that are veterans so we can and and military spouses so we can pay it forward for each other and always have that dynamic group uh to refer to within our own community and yeah, yeah. i think it's so valuable and and so needed um i feel like every time i'm a team leader so usually by couples, right? Uh, say either the spouse went through spouses, the veteran went through individual veterans, male or female. They, they've had, at least had one experience, you know, coming back together. And there are always still conversations about this very topic. And in fact, um, I'm like, uh, I think I'm a little over two years into my paperwork journey. And right. like, there's so much because you know, I had to step through, so I was going to retire and then I got put through medical retirement, no, no big deal. And, you know, then it pauses now and then you do your VA part and, and the army was switching systems, right? Always yes. awesome, not really. <laughs> and uh, so, so it was, it was learn and understand and go through this military process, learn and understand and go through this VA process. And then one day my inbox gets hit with like 16 emails and I'm a reader. Uh, we refer to our colors sometimes, like I'm a green forward. If I've got an email and it says like, you know, all this stuff and hyperlinks, I mean, I'll sit there for days. You got to click on days. all of them. You're like group. Have to yeah. press the red button. <laughs> right. That's right. You right? Know, I love lamp. I just look around and I see things <laughs> and I name them and say, I love them. And and I'm still going through the process of moving all my um, CRSC, combat-related special compensation, moving all of my claims over to combat-related. I didn't even know that was a thing until right. one of the participants coming through um, was an experienced uh, a veteran service office with the VA. I was like, what? Right. like, why are you letting the Army just pay you? when you're getting all these taxes hit. And I was like, I have no yes. idea what you're talking about. And, right. uh, my, my packet, this is a fun fact. My packet was about an inch and a half thick for my CRSC pack, packet. And the veteran service office, uh, I was in North Carolina actually, who filed it for me was like, well, I've never seen one this thick. So it should get approved. And I was like, should? <laughs> you know, like, should? <laughs> Well, you know, technically it was probably absolutely approvable, but then you, you have to deal with, um, you have to deal with a very well-intended veterans administration that, uh, you may get somebody who's 
only got six months of experience, you guys. Um, you might get somebody who's got mm -hmm. 15 years of experience. Yay. Um, but, but with, uh, with pandemic, with all the different changes in our government and in all of this, um, we're, we're not, we're not on an elite, an even playing field, right? Um, and I, I wouldn't say that that was not just VA, but it is a lot of our agencies, a lot of our federal government, um, our, a lot of our federal government. So, um, you're not going to always get on the other side what you should get. And, you know, if you're lucky, you will. But can you imagine, um, you have a serious traumatic brain injury and you're expected to do all that footwork yourself? Or you have to go to a veteran service officer who unfortunately has lost a lot of funding. A lot of our veteran service officers and organizations have lost a lot of funding. Um, that person has three, 400 veterans just like you that they've got to take care of all this year. Um, mm. Things are going to fall through the cracks. People are going to fall through the cracks. We have a bigger shortage for veteran service officers and agents uh, than we do nurses, okay, uh, in this country. And so when I say mm. veteran service agent, what I'm, what I'm relating to is somebody who can become a certified veteran service officer or have the same power as a veteran service officer as a regular citizen uh, and get their uh, Office of General Counsel certification or accreditation and and represent veterans, which is the, the piece that is, you know, I think very, very uh, appealable to military spouses, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're the yeah. ones that are usually doing all that footwork the whole time you're in the military anyway. I mean, they really are. Uh, so they're pretty used to, to reading code and things like that. So, um, they're, and, and it's a, it's a good way to, to educate each other, you know? Yeah. That's so this makes, so this makes me think about something here because I was talking to a friend of mine who, uh, is retired from the army and retired from the VA and was a raider himself. And he, I was like, why do you think, and I want to ask you to this DD and it makes me think back to the other thing I wanted to unpack. Why are veterans as a people, why are we so judgy? Right? Why? And be, I think about this because my friend who was a raider and, and he, I was like, why, why are some, even veterans who are raiders themselves, you know, who go on to work for the VA or like you, you know, as a veteran, as an accredited agent, why can we sometimes bring our own bias into it? And, uh, he had a really interesting tidbit about it, about the different eras. Like, yeah. think about, you know, Vietnam veterans who were getting out and World War II veterans were their raiders. And these World War II veterans were like, come on, I've been deployed for three years. Stop crying about this. Yeah. <laughs> or and then now, right. you know, Vietnam, some Vietnam veteran people are now our raiders. And it's like, you know, the judgment and the bias of of what. And it makes me think about the discussion about military, military sexual trauma, too, and putting judgment on that. Why are we so judgy? I, oh. Hey, Didi, I want to <laughs> jump in real quick. No, please do, really, please do. Yeah, my explanation's like, you know, <clears throat> I was a guy on the ground, right? Like, <laughs> you're you're both way up here, you know, because I'm like, man, Didi's taking on the whole system. I have no idea how to even start that. <laughs> no, thing. no, 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 uh, no, no, Didi. And, uh, <laughs> my, my thought is really simple, right? From the, from the day we enter the military, right? we go through basic training. 
and and our how we make our badges critiqued, how we wear our uniform. Uh, mm. I mean, I would still wear BDUs. Uh, so how we polish our boots, and then as we start to move up through the ranks, it's here's your evaluation, right? And if you go to any selection process, you're evaluated. And a lot of times, if you make it through any kind of, like you were saying, your friend, any kind of elite uh, um, selection process, you know, you're you're told like, hey, selection is ongoing, right? Like you're here, cool. Like that well, was you the could easy leave part. At any time, yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Now you got to prove yourself and stay here, right? So we're almost kind of like, and I, I know for me and my brain, what happened was I, I was constantly trying to like uh, self-assess myself. And it's like, okay, cool. I did this really cool thing last week. Now what am I going to do this week, right? To like right. keep going. And I think, yeah, I think we, I think our culture within the military kind of breathes that. And then if I pull in civilian culture now, um, especially I'm going to go younger generations, you and older generations, I'm going to go younger generations. <laughs> Their whole lives are social media posted, right? My, mm -hmm. my daughter's 12 and I'm already in a fight with the entire social media world <laughs> via her cell phone. Um, and, uh, and it's and it's already started. It's already started, you know. And, Comparisons. And yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, your thoughts. Well, what I've noticed is is like you said. Um, I learned a lot from Vietnam veterans just about this, right? I walked into a VA group. Um, I was the only female. I was the only non-Vietnam veteran. Uh, I think there might have been a Korean veteran in there. Uh, and we stayed together every day for eight hours, Monday through Friday, for an entire summer. And um, I got to tell you, they kicked my butt into line. Um, and, and that's the truth. That um, wisdom. I, I was foul-mouthed. I was entitled. I was pissed off. And, uh, and they helped me see things differently by just sharing their stories. At that point, I became extremely humble. Um, I think that I think that what we get is we have a lack of social constructs. Uh, once we get out of the military, we become so divided. We stay in our ex our own trauma related existence, and we sometimes even retain our trauma age, right? So we stay nineteen, twenty, however old we were, um, and and then when we reform back into our own uh, community we retain and remember exactly that. And so we project that. And uh, one of my favorite stories is I was standing in line at the VA hospital and uh, me and some guys were standing there waiting for our meds, right? And there's a special line with a really short window for wheelchairs. And it says clearly disabled only, right? And this chick walks up and um, she gets in the other line. And so one of our brothers kind of reaches over and says, hey, sister, you know, I think that you might be in the wrong line, right? And uh, she turns around with vengeance and she's like, I just got my 100%. Do you want to see it? You know, and she's like, I am disabled and I have 100% disability. And we're all looking at her like, oh, man, we've been to that spot in our mm -hmm. trauma recovery 
as well. So we didn't say anything to her. We just let her stand there. And then here comes this lady with her Vietnam veteran in his wheelchair and his 45 oxygen tanks. And uh, she's like, she's like, well, uh, I don't know if I'm in the right place, right? Uh, I'm new here, and usually his caregiver brings him. And we're like, no, ma'am, you need to be in this line over here for our dis you know, our severely disabled veterans. And yeah. the the girl with the tube turns around, and she looks, and then she looks at us, and then it clicks. You can see the lights going off in her head. Oh, that's what y'all meant. It's right? more than us. Nice. It's more yes. than us. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so she did eventually limp yeah. her way over to the other other <laughs> lane, you know. Um, but yeah. you know, she it's 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 just all about the growth process. I think that uh -huh. we nice. are extremely judgy until we start to learn more about ourselves and where we yeah. fit into this new community. Yeah. So I have, I have actually I got something for you. I have two things. Okay. Ready? Yeah. So the first one is both are uh i'll call them unseen reframes right so one of the unseen reframes i had to uh remind myself and i still do to this day is the idea of like i'm not trying to seek judgment right i'm not trying to uh or cast judgment i'm trying right. to seek understanding yeah. so not cast judgment yes. seek understanding. and that yes. pulls me back a lot like that pulls me back a lot a yes. lot yes and the other yes. one I wanted to throw out there was based on what we were just talking about before um, your story, Didi, is the idea that, right, I think a lot of um, a, a lot of humans, I'm just going to say humans across the board, veterans, non-veterans, doesn't matter, a lot of humans, all of us, I feel like, and I'm, I'm generalizing, I'm going into dangerous waters, really struggle to see or understand because it's unseen, right? That mm. trauma equals trauma. Yes. And in the couples retreat, the challenge we always face, and by we, I mean Kelly and myself, is making sure that, say, a spouse who doesn't feel like they have anything, you know, traumatic in their life and is really, like, kind of standoffish, apprehensive to go talk to one of the clinicians is, hey, look, trauma equals trauma, Right. You've been living with someone who has PTSD, TBI, all those things. God bless you. You have trauma, right? Right. So, so actually, your thoughts, trauma equals trauma. We're learning. Not passing yes. judgment, but seeking understanding. That's I love yeah, it. I, I think that's great. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't mean no, to. I, I want to hear what you have to say because I, 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 I fully Well, agree. I got to tell you, I think that is absolutely, absolutely on the mark. And, and even as a veteran who deals with trauma every day, you can miss that mark in certain relationships, right? Especially when the other person is experiencing severe trauma. Um, yeah. You know, um, I ran away from that for a long, long time. Uh, uh, mm. you know, of course I can, I can recognize trauma. I do this and this and this. Um, no, um, um, I fell right into a, a very traumatic relationship, uh, in trying to help somebody, um, and, and ended up needing some counseling for intimate partner violence and things. You know, a lot of our, a lot of our veterans' wives and husbands, um, have come to me and they'll tell me, you know, Geez, once he stopped, uh, once he, once he retired, right? He's got all this time on his hands and we thought it would be great, but now he's having more nightmares and I'm sleeping in the room, uh, in a different room with a gun under the pillow 
because I don't know who he is anymore. Um, all that's true, right? And so you're right. Trauma begets trauma. They are traumatized. They do deserve um, that extra care, that extra education, that extra understanding of what's going on. It doesn't mean that the person that they love um, is some sinister evil being, um, but it, it does to be healthy and to be able to to get past that, I absolutely agree with you, you know, uh, engage in understanding, engage in the education of learning about trauma, what it does, what is trauma bonding, what is, you know, what is safe, what is not safe, mm-hmm. and, and when to ask for help, when do you, when, when do you just go balls to the wall and say, not happening anymore, this is, you've got to get help, this is it, you know, yeah. and not being, not being afraid of doing that, because, um, Sometimes I've learned I've learned a lot of people are afraid of doing that because, well, if I'm not the pillar, then they are going to fall and that's going to be my fault. So it's my fault that I'm not strong enough. Um, There's help out there. Ask for it. Yes, that this is just all so powerful. And it and it is it's we have to, you know, get outside of ourselves and we don't even know that we're inside of ourselves until that click like with you had with the Vietnam veterans and that lady had at the VA with the disabled window, like it has to click with us and man, when it does, it sure can be powerful. Yeah. And it's our duty as veterans, each other, right? Uh, I, I think we are the best ones to teach each other that like in the line at the VA, like we, we all knew she's going to get it uh, in, just, in, just, in just a few minutes. So we just waited for it, right? Uh, because sometimes if someone from the outside tries to correct that, it's just going to, it's going to go left, right? There's not a, there, there's that. You're going to get defensive. Yeah. Yeah. That, that self-policing edge, you know, I tell the, I tell people who do investigations at the VA all the time, um, why do we need more people who are veterans and military spouses, et cetera, working in our VA? Because we are our best self-police force. We will crack down on fraud. We will report the fraud. We will get it done. We're not going to be okay with other people lying about things. Um, you know, we're just not. Yeah. I think that's also uh, like a, a, a two-sided sword, right? Um, because we, we were often on the guard on the watch, right. For, um, you know, is that stolen valor over there? Or is that person actually getting what they're entitled or, or, you know, do I think they lied? Right. Um, I had a, I had a male individual retreat one time where, um, I had, I had a Marine, um, without going into too much detail, I had 11 participants and 10 of them were sure he was stolen valor and he was not. Um, it turned out to be MST, military sexual trauma. Um, and so, um, you know, that's kind of getting back to kind of what I said about like seeking understanding and not casting judgment. Right. Um, I also, mm-hmm. I also think though, like it, it is, it is like, it's so, so hard to say like, like, we look at someone and they're they're failing, right? They're they're not getting they're not on their meds or um, an alcoholic or any number of things that can happen as secondary issues, right? And we have this mentality. We veterans have this mentality, and even our spouses, like they they learn the same mentality. I'm not going to fail. We don't fail. 
right? You give us something, we're not going to fail, right? The military doesn't retreat, right? Um, and yet, like, what a lot of us have learned is sometimes, right, that alcoholic has to hit rock bottom before they can really see where they're at, which means we yeah, have to hard. be willing to step away. Yeah. Yeah. You can really lead hard. a horse to water, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, that is such a hard lesson, though. It really is. I mean, that that step away, because like you said, failure is not an option. So we're not used to stepping away. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really, really hard. And and just to 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 pivot back on on what you were saying earlier about the non-judgment. Yeah. I When I talk about uh, fraud, I'm talking about straight up fraud. Um, not, yeah. not the person yeah, yeah, yeah. that's misunderstood. I, I see that a lot with, uh, female Especially military. As a lawyer, yeah. You see it. Yeah. People try yeah. because it comes with money, you right. know, and mm -hmm. money makes people funny. So yeah, I'm sure you see that a lot. Well, yeah, absolute straight up fraud. I mean, people being misunderstood. Okay. So I, i I meet people who their story will change 15 times in, in, in a matter of weeks. And what is it at the bottom of the barrel? Uh, somebody who has had to harm a child or somebody who has been uh, personally uh, traumatized. Uh, yes. Usually, um, usually the BS stories uh, that that start out the conversations, uh, it ends up to being I had to hurt a child or I I'm a male and I was raped. Um, those those are the trauma stories. And then there are the folks who um engage with me and they're like, well, you know, how am I supposed to do this pulmonary function test? And I'm like, you're just supposed to go in there and listen to them and breathe. Right. right. Your, um, body does, your body yeah. will tell, tell the world. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, should I try really hard or should I blow what exactly out? exactly do I say? Yeah, I, exactly. I and, and I'm like, no, I'm not helping you perpetrate a fraud. Right. Um, I don't have yeah. a, I, you know, and by that time I'm in a client relationship with this person for at least that conversation. Um, so I'm not able to necessarily, um, report them, but, um, yeah. but I, I do have the option of not representing them at that point. So I make sure that happens, Ooh. but, but there are a lot of, there, there's a lot of that out there and it's not okay what they're doing. But no. as far as you were saying about, reaching for understanding amongst each other when it comes to certain things like trauma. Yeah. Don't, don't judge. Keep your judge hat out of that. Yeah. Right. I, I'm sorry. My dog is just going That's crazy. Oh, we love okay. dogs around here. You're a GSD mom. We support you. <laughs> Thank That's you. Right. You're a great soccer driver. So, I, I feel like I feel like just in these conversations, we've gone through a lot of our questions, hearing about the challenges with the legal landscape that, you know, that you face as a lawyer working with veterans. But I want to hear more about what do you think, Guy? I want to know what this means, how you help warriors relax, refuel, refocus and rock wellness. Oh, okay. So, uh, the way, the way that I do that is I, I work really, really hard, uh, to, to bring music to veterans in all different forms and fashions. And so, um, I'm not, I'm a vocalist. I am not a, an instrumentalist. I've tried. Um, it doesn't work. My right hand does it. My left hand just doesn't want to, doesn't want to cooperate. So, um, nice. 
Uh, so some of the things that I've done is I've done like the great guitar giveaway. Um, I, I try to raise, uh, I try to raise guitars and uh, put people together where they can learn how to heal with music. One of the things that I, I did that was successful is I raffled off uh, two Metallica tickets and spoke nice. with the folks at, folks at Metallica and uh, their team. Um, and they ended up having this uh, concert up in Dallas and uh, they allowed my two veteran brothers, uh, floor seats and uh, kind of not really all access, but they, they weren't stopped going in any of the places they wanted to go check out. So we nice. had one brother who was, uh, they're both post 9-11. Um, all of their family members have been veterans, all the men in their family. Um, and they're both in their, their 20s and early 30s. Uh, one is a Marine and one is in the Army. Um, they got to go to that concert and rebuild their battle yeah. songs, right? Nice. Um, so one of the things that I, I try to work on is helping veterans take um, take that battle song, take those bad pieces of music that um, they they were that made them feel strong, but now is attached to a trauma, mm -hmm. and relive that in another way. Uh, get into a recording studio, re-record it, go to the concert, make it um, make it the best experience you can, and reassociate that. So reprogram that memory. And um, I support a bunch of local music. There are a couple of local musicians that are also uh, Scotty Frazier band here in uh, my part of Texas uh, has a recording studio. So they helped with doing that, and he also tours and. Yeah, uh, so it, it's all about music, and so that's where the rock wellness is, um, the relaxing, and everything is is just battle um, songs. Yeah, it's about battle songs. It's about using music to heal, and and now it's about Operation Red Wings Foundation, and being able to so to reach out, uh, reach out directly to to veterans, um, and we'll see where it goes from there. That's what we're hoping to do is, is just make it. And that's my goal. Uh, I haven't really talked a lot to Operation Red Wings about it yet, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, Are but there's definite, Dale and Morgan? Yeah. right. There's, there's definite, <laughs> there's definite potential there. You know, I mean, there just really is their music heals so much. And so rock wellness and, and, and don't let those, don't let those memories take you to a bad place when you can create a beautiful space. Yeah, I don't want to selfishly lose you from ORW Foundation. However, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that uh, in Tennessee, there's an organization called Creative Vets. And oh. they have two uh, sides of their organization. One is to do artwork, right? Oh, And cool. one is to record music. Um, nice. And they're in, they're in Nashville, Tennessee. And actually, uh, quite a few of their songs are, you can access them on Spotify. Um, cool. Even some uh, major country musicians that picked yes. up some of the songs, uh, tweet tweet them a little bit. Um, and it's it's when I hear you speak in that passion, I, I feel like I gotta I gotta throw that one your direction. And uh, now now that I gave you that one, now I'm gonna ask a hard question. Okay. Because you know I'm I'm sitting here processing and thinking, right? And in my brain. If I think about all the challenges that all the veterans go through 
to, to try to make their way to what they deserve, right? With, with military retirement, with the VA, with all these organizations, right? And then you have, uh, let's just say there are good organizations that are out there helping vets and then there are organizations out there that are trying to make as much money as they can off of us, right? Yep. When I think about all that, right? Like most of us get so overwhelmed that we're like, I don't even know where to start, so I'm probably not even going to get started. And yet you are out there trying to take on a whole challenge of education <laughs> and raising the bar for, you know, future veteran service officers. The unseen journey for you that I want to know about is mentally, like, where where did you find this strength or how did you just find the energy to just start going because to me, it has so many parallels to all the veterans out there, um, you know, across the generations yes, who are just guy. like, oh, man, that, that VA thing is so hard. I'm not even going to get started. Wow. Um, I, that's a large question. Um, however, um, <laughs> however, I, I think that uh, my passion just comes from the fact that when I first got back. Um, I did, was ashamed of being a veteran. I was ashamed of being part of the Navy. Um, had all kinds of different problems. My mom drugged me up to the VA after I told her I wasn't a veteran and, and uh, mm. you know, she knew better. Um, so when all that happened, I ended up at the Texas Veterans Commission and with the uh, Disabled American Veterans. And what I found was that the guys wanted to help but they were of a different generation and they were angry that any of these things had happened in the military. Um, and I had a, a man named Wolf Bedenfield. Uh, he was a Vietnam veteran from Texas Veterans Commission. And he Wolf. said, yeah, his name was Wolf. And he it. said, he said, uh, Dorothy, come here. And he's on the, he was, he was, he passed last year. Sorry. Uh, rest in peace, Wolf. Um, he he brought me into a room with uh, a VA patient advocate named Rufus, who is still alive. And the two of them sat me down and they said, we want to help you, but we don't know a lot about girls in the military. And they still call me girls. Right. Um, and we don't want to hear your story about rape. We don't want to hear it because it makes us mad. It triggers us. Um, so we're going to just show you how to do your own claim. And we're going to just do oversight. All right. And wow. I said, okay, let's do that. Right. And uh, that started my journey. And so at that point, um, I was using and abusing uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, I was traveling around with local rock bands and stuff like that. Um, I was asking your pain. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I had over 30, or I, had, I had at that point had over 20 to 30 different jobs since I left the military. Um, I was in no state to be doing any kind of legal work, but yet I was taught how to do it. And, um, and if I can do it, anybody can do it. And so I've nice. always known that. It's not, um, I, I'm not to demean anybody that's had any type of struggles with it. It truly is not rocket science, guys. You've just forgotten. You know how to read a code book. You were in the military. If you can read a code book, if you can read a code book from your military experience, I'm going to guarantee you that we can help you and that you can help yourself. Um, it's really that simple. It, it's, it's mystified, I think, 
for those people that just want to take all of your money and take your benefits. They don't have any right to your benefits. Um, some of them are just, just absolute ambulance. They're, they're like ambulance chasers. They yeah. make me one, they, they make me ill. What is that so, hospital having for dinner? <laughs> Right. So, you know, um, you can do it yourself. Are you going to possibly need some help? Absolutely. Are you going to need some guidance in learning what that all means? Yes. Yeah. Um, use our chartered veteran service organizations and our great nonprofits uh, that are out there to do that. When somebody is pushing you a contract in your face that is going to be asking you to give up 50% or some strange formula you can't even understand, right. I'd say, hold on, please don't sign that. You can send it now to the Office of General Counsel at the VA. They will do a review for you. Uh, we've had veterans lose their homes in these mm. kinds of uh, contracts over benefits that they may or may not ever get because sometimes these people don't even know what it is you're asking for. Um, they right. have farmed it out. It's the ridiculous. The it's, they're horrible. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. They're horrible. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Dee, I want to I want to condense that down a little bit, and then I want to pass it over yeah. to Ashley. So here's what I heard for your unseen journey on how to take something that people think is so big and so beyond them, and then they can bring it down to a level where they can actually accomplish it themselves. So what, I heard was, what I heard was you took uh, shame and guilt. You were then educated and you learned, and you turned it into passion, and you're paying it forward. 100%. That's the best place for my anger. Otherwise, it, it, it goes into terrible, terrible places. So it's my channeling, my rechanneling of, of, of long lost anger and and uh, the anger of everyday frustration in life that, that we face as disabled veterans. Yeah, it literally yeah. lit a fire. And, yeah. I, I, you know, we all hate the trauma that we experience. But man, yeah. when it lights that fire, it just I, we're grateful for it. Because we, you know, yeah. we don't know good until we know bad, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You nailed it. You Ooh. nailed it. Okay. So now we want to know, we, I feel like we can just talk to you forever, but you know, we can't. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. This has been fun. But um, I do, we have to touch on, how did we find you? How, tell us about your journey with uh, Operation Red Wings Foundation and what your experience has been like with, as a team leader and what's your favorite thing about being a team leader? Okay. So how did you find me? Well, I've got to tell you, um, it was through a, a team leader by the name of Brent. I won't give out his last name, but uh, but uh, he ended up in a in a in a Thursday night group that I go to uh, when I returned home, and uh, and he said, "Oh, I, I need you to meet Dale. I need you to meet these people that I just met. They've made such a big." difference in my life, Dorothy. And he came to the newspaper where I was officing out of and um, and we sat down and we talked and I told him, oh, no, 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 I'm not getting involved with none of these groups, man. I'm just not. I, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. There's not been a whole lot of them that I have found are as upstanding as they pretend to be. And, um, and, and I got to tell you, I, I don't have time for this. Right. That was my that was my standard answer. He signed me up on the internet anyway. 
And I got a phone. Yes. Yeah. I got a call from uh, Morgan and from, uh, you know, Dale's office and stuff saying, hey, you know, um, why don't you just give us a chance? And I thought, all right, fine. I'm going to go give this place a chance. It's only in Huntsville. That's only two hours away. It won't be too much. And if I get really irritated and they're full of crap, all I have to do is get in my car and leave. Right. So I had, I had, I had a way out. Right. And, uh, and I would have taken it. Right. But I got there and it changed my life. Uh, it, it impacted me in so many ways. Um, and so that's how Operation Red Wings got me. And, uh, and that's how I got Operation Red Wings, which I think is the better of the two deals, by the way. Um, I, I'm excited to be in a group of dynamic veterans and peers and military spouses and community people, uh, community Americans that want to do the right thing. Okay. Um, it's not a hate VA club. Uh, we, we need the VA. They work, they work with the VA, but they are not, they are not controlled by the VA guys. Um, you know, it's a it, it's it's common sense and, and it, it is recovery we don't want to you know beautiful we want absolutely forward. beautiful right that's and so you know that's I, beautiful I, and i don't want a whole bunch of hate in my life they don't bring out a lot of hate they bring out a lot of they bring out a lot of understanding guy um they they contemplate critical thought um, they're open to all different types of faiths, uh, genders and, and, uh, and everything, you know, race. I mean, none of that has come up in, uh, Operation Red Wings as, as a program. It's been open and inviting and it has stayed the course of what it's, what its mission is, which is to open you up to, coping skills, therapies, and things like that to push you towards wellness. And um, I got to say, I don't have a problem with any of it. So I love it. Ooh. Yeah. I love yep. it. I love it. And well, so, and how has your experience been being a team leader? And oh man, that's been cool. from the front. Like it, you went through it's it. been great, but I still, I'm learning every time, every retreat, I'm learning something new about myself and my own, uh, my own situation. I mean, um, you know, it, it might look like, Hey, you know, Melanie and I were out there doing it and we are. Um, but at the same time with every fireside conversation, with every walk, with every few minutes that I, I try to talk to each and every person individually, at least once to let them know that I'm here and that I care about them. Um, and, um, yeah, I learned something from each and every one of them. And, and sometimes it, uh, you know, it, it fulminates in a, in a, in a challenge, right? A challenge to my own comfort level, but I keep going back because gosh, dog it, I'm learning so much more about myself and I, um, they tell me that I help, that I'm helpful. And, uh, and so, yeah, we, we seem to like each other and we're getting along great. And then some of those, uh, I would say most of those connections, we've stayed in touch afterwards. And I get to know what all these wonderful women are doing, um, in their dynamics across the nation. Right. Um, 
it, it, so I it's building that, that sisterhood. It's building that sisterhood that we have needed for so very long. And I'm really excited to be a part of it. I'm honored. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. 100% honored. I'm so, I'm so glad we got a female team leader on here, Dee Dee, because I have to deal with Yay! guy all the time, always talking about the male retreats and how awesome they are. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. Are we ready? Are we ready, guy? For what? Come on, uh -oh. John. You know, look at this paper. I got a whole paper filled with these unseen Ooh. elements. Uh oh, unseen elements. Challenge for you. Okay. For okay. For you. Yeah. Pick one. <gasps> oh, guy. What? Yeah. <laughs> one. How about this? How about? You pick one and I'll pick one. I keep going, I keep going back to, you know, the idea, because like I said, I, I do echo it a lot in couples retreats, the idea that trauma is trauma, right? So whoever our listeners are, if you're a veteran, if you're a spouse, if you're a family member, it doesn't matter. Trauma is trauma. And if you spend any amount of time around anyone with trauma, whether it was from the military, whether it was from childhood, wherever it came from, then you have stuff to work on yourself. Trauma is trauma. And so go through that, go through that formation of the word I said, go from thinking of it as being selfish to framing it as self care. So that mm -hmm. once you get self care, you can go out and be selfless. Oh, that's lovely. I love that. I love that you took one thing, but really turned it into like three things. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. I don't, know, I don't know what you're talking about. He's a magic man. Okay, how can I mel meld all of these together? <laughs> okay, well, I, there's so many good ones on here, but I, the thing, the most unseen element is that I think people don't realize that there is a lack of a sisterhood in the military. And if yeah. we can, if we can move past that and create that bond as we get out as female veterans when we get out it's just gonna it going along with everything we talked about here's how i'm gonna work it all together how we can I learn from our learn from our elders oh no and oh, that no, don't do it being don't selfish do it. <laughs> is a good thing and, you know all of these things the being non-judgmental we can we can create that sisterhood as female veterans because it's so desperately needed because even though we, you know, we can generalize as a brotherhood, it, it does mean sisterhood too, but it really doesn't. There is a special relationship with females as female to female, female veterans. And if we can draw on the positives of that, which it sounds like, Dee Dee, I want to come through one of your retreats, man, when, when you're a team leader. Oh, nice. cool. Thank you. Yeah. It's been a long time. Oh, wow. I think I'm due. I mean, it's been over four years since I've been through a retreat, so I feel like I could go again. Right? Yes. Come on. I'm just going to go. Yes, we'll have fun. For sure. For sure. We'll have fun. Morgan, sign her up. Just put her in online. Go ahead. Make it happen. I love it. Right? I don't know. They make well, me work a lot, so I don't know if I have time. Just kidding. I'm going to make time. I, we'll take a week off. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> I'll type out the requests. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for everyone, all of our guests, thank you so much for joining us today. For our special guest, Didi, thank you for being with us. On behalf thank of my you. Ashley. And myself and ORW Foundation, thanks for tuning in today. Remember, like and subscribe, hit the button, join us next week. 
Yes, and find us on social everywhere. Bye. We appreciate you tuning in to the Unseen Journey. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you're a veteran or a supporter of veterans, please think about contributing to ORWF at orwfoundation.org to help veterans in their transition. We also extend an invitation to veterans to explore our retreat opportunities where they can connect with peers and embark on a healing journey. For additional resources, visit our website at orwfoundation.org. Our heartfelt thanks to Operation Red Wings Foundation for making this podcast possible. Together, we can make the unseen journey a little easier for our veterans. Until next time, take care.